0: Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. I drive, center field, the wall! This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. What's
0: up everybody? Welcome into Fantasy Baseball Today on Monday, September 6th. Hope you're having a great Labor Day weekend. Frank Sample here to recap that weekend get you the latest waiver wire ads and drops we saw a few pitchers make their returns and much more here to help me do all that is not scott white as scott is out enjoying the long weekend with his family and he deserves it but joining me in his place is a special guest the co-owner of friends with fantasy benefits the overlord of the great fantasy baseball invitational you listen to him on the sleeper and the bus podcast it's justin mason what's going on
1: justin how's everything going Scotts ducking me. What is this? Where is he? It's just not here. Now nah, enjoy enjoy your days off there, Scott. I'm doing well, Frank. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, man, one of the best in the business, 100%. Uh happy to have you on. Happy that you have the time. Your availability, honestly. I was thinking of someone on the West Coast because I was like, you know, we're crazy that we stay up till midnight here and then we record the podcast and you know what? I was like, Justin Justin lives on the West Coast. Everything's going great right now for your San Francisco Giants, by the way, as well. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But, yeah, very happy to have you here. Actually, let's just talk about the Giants now. How do you feel about the Giants? They just take two two out of three from the Dodgers. First place in the National League West. I haven't been able to figure them out all season long, but it's just like a band of misfits. Great job by Gabe Kaplan this year. The front office, they're just getting the most out of every single person on that team. Like, how do how do you feel as a fan of the Giants?
1: I mean, I kind of think about it in the same way I think about my own marriage, right? Mm-hmm. I somehow ended up with a woman I don't deserve. And so, like, I at some point just stopped asking questions like why or how. And I went, you know what? I'm just happy to be here. And I, I feel kind of the same way with the Giants, like... On paper, they're not the best team in baseball. I don't even think they're like a 500 team. Like I think they're probably a bottom, you know, half team in baseball. Like uh, on paper, but they have gotten it done really through a team effort. Like there's no like there's no superstar on this team. I mean. Buster Posey's old. Brandon Crawford's old. Yaz is like a great glue guy, but, like, you know, Gosman's good, but he's not great. Like, there's no superstar on this team. They're just doing it together, and uh, things have just kind of come together all season long. I mean, they've just been on this extended hot streak, and I'm just going to enjoy the ride for as long as it lasts and hope that it takes us all the way to November.
0: Yeah, it's just been an awesome season. I think you hit it right there on the head. They don't have a superstar. They trade for Chris Bryant, but... You know, even his numbers have kind of tapered down as the season has gone along. They're still very good numbers, but you're right. I mean, just a collective effort there from the San Francisco Giants. Uh, we'll see how deep they can make a run into the postseason. Let's get into uh, some weekend recap, some oh-my-goodness-gracious players from the weekend. Oh-my-goodness-gracious! good, goodness gracious. All right, the bad host that I am, I did not ask Justin beforehand what player he wanted to do, so I will give you the opportunity while I talk about my player, Justin, to figure out who you want to talk about, so... Apologies, I should have done that beforehand. But people are probably tired of hearing us talk about Frank Schwindel. I feel like we talk about him every single podcast, but he's still only 39% rostered on CBS. And it's going to slow down at some point. I don't know when that point is going to be. It definitely helps when you face the Pittsburgh Pirates over the weekend. But nine more hits for Frank Schwindel this weekend, including three more homers. He now has a home run in six of his last seven games and is batting three thirty eight overall. Ten homers, a ten thirty seven OPS. I mentioned thirty nine percent rostered. He has six home games this upcoming week. Justin, what is going on with Frank the Tank?
1: Uh, I don't really get it. I mean, he you know he's got been great in terms of his own contact, almost ninety percent zone contact. Swings outside of the zone a, a fair amount, so like I think the the batting average is going to crater at some point. But he's going to play. Like, who do the Cubs have? Like, they, they just have nobody else. So, I mean, he's going to play every day and, and get a lot of opportunities. Uh, like I said, I don't think it's going to stay this good for super long. But, I mean, there's clearly some power in his bat. They're giving him an opportunity, and you got to kind of just roll with him and not leave him on your bench like I did in TGFBI.
0: TGFBI, by the way, 15-team roto in industry expert, a bunch of industry expert leagues that Justin sets up every single year. It's a lot of fun, but yeah, you don't want to leave Frank Swindell on your bench. Definitely not in a 15-team league. Uh, He makes a lot of contact. He puts the ball in play. He puts the ball in the air a lot as well. So, I mean, those things are going to equal uh, lots of extra base hits. I would expect the batting average is going to take a step back at some point, but this is someone who hit for a lot of power in the minor leagues and I've followed him for a while now and there's a few guys like this. Christian Walker comes to mind where they're really like quad A players I guess or that's what they're labeled as but you know sometimes they get an opportunity and they just kind of roll with it so Christian Walker is someone that kind of reminded me of that a couple of years ago with the Diamondbacks since you know I mean he was good last year he's he's fallen off this year but uh, yeah Frank Schwindel, if you can add him where he's available and I have a segment coming up later on Justin where I'll pit some players up against each other would you rather And I'm going to do that right now. Frank Schwindel or Jamer Candelario, who went two for three with two RBI, a walk and a run scored on Sunday. He's having a monster second half. 311 batting average, seven homers, 19 doubles, a 947 OPS in 47 games. Who would you rather have? Frank Schwindel or Jamer Candelario?
1: Who I think I lean Candelario just because the team context is just a little bit better in Detroit, which is not something I thought I would ever say about Detroit. <laughs> but th- their team overall, I think, has just got a little bit better offense. Uh, and Candelario, I mean, he's always been the- one of those guys that, like, the underlying metrics, the stack data has, has always been really good on him. Just kind of been waiting for him to kind of take another step. And maybe he's starting to do it. Or maybe this is a hot streak. It could. I mean, it could both go cold for both these guys.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think I'll lean Schwindel there. I just think the upside's a little bit higher the way that he's playing. But uh, yeah, I think sound reasoning for you. <laughs> the Tigers team context being better than another team. But yeah, that is the Chicago Cubs. All right, so oh my goodness gracious, a player, a standout for you from this weekend, Justin.
1: Let's talk about Schwindel's teammate, Matt Duffy. Like where did a grandstand and then another home run and then throw a stolen base in for good measure. It goes three for five uh, today. I mean, he's just been just been nowhere this year because he's been injured uh you know but he got hot early in the season we were talking about hey maybe this is a guy who could like play almost every day in Chicago well now he's going to play every day super super deep leagues right if you're playing 10 team 12 team leagues you just ignore Matt Duffy but 15 team leagues or deeper he's gonna play every day I think in Chicago and uh there's a little something in this bat. we've seen some magic with him with the Giants before Uh, he's gonna get an opportunity in Chicago
0: yeah, I think in deeper leagues for sure. I picked him up in my NFBC main event league. 15 team, 5x5 five five Roto. Picked him up for $1 out of a $1,000 fab budget. So uh, I'm, I don't have much money left. So I'm, I'm kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here. I dropped Ronald Torres for him. So just to kind of give you some kind of context there. But yeah, an absolutely massive game on Sunday. For Matt Duffy, you mentioned three for five, a grand slam, two homers overall, and a stolen base. He's only 1% rostered on CBS. I actually had a few deep league waiver wire hitters that I wanted to ask you about. and We'll kind of lump all these together. And You give me maybe your one or two favorites here, Justin. But uh, Kevin Pillar is going to have more playing time now with Brandon Nimmo, who is on the I.L. with a hamstring strain. Pilar had six hits this weekend, two homers, one steal, 7% rostered, has seven games this week. Lane Thomas has three home runs over his last five games, and he's been leading off consistently for the Washington Nationals. He's only 3% rostered. And then Anthony Alford, who is a former prospect with the Toronto Blue Jays, he's now with the Pirates. He had a double dong on Friday, two home runs in that game, and then he stole two bags on Saturday. And this season at AAA, 307 batting average, 14 homers, nine steals, Albeit with a 35% strikeout rate. So, definitely some issues there with contact. He is only 2% rostered. Uh, how would you rank this group? Pilar, Lane Thomas, Anthony Alford, and Matt Duffy in deeper leagues.
1: Who I think I would go Lane Thomas, Duffy, Alford, and then Pilar. Uh, maybe Pilar and then Alford. I, I really want to like Anthony Alford, but it just. He's just never seemed to be able to get it together at the major league level. And not that Toronto gave him a ton of run or anything, but I mean, he couldn't crack the the Pittsburgh lineup all year. So like, why, why do we think now at this point that he's going to figure it out, put it all together? Uh, Thomas is, I mean, kind of a low ceiling guy, but if he's going to play every day in Washington, and I don't think there's much reason why they won't play him every day. Uh, I think he could like just accumulate rest of the way. Pilar's just, he's short side platoon, dude. Like I I know, like I know he's going to play because Nimmo's out and stuff like that, but he shouldn't. He just, at this point in his career, he's a, he's he's still a very good defender, but that's about all that he is. Yeah. Lane
0: Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not great. I mean, we kind of know, maybe we don't know who he is at this point, but uh, getting the opportunity again to lead off. So accumulating stats, as you mentioned, it's uh, like the national lineup is not very good at this point. They trade away. Trey Turner. Juan Soto is still doing his thing but they've been like pesky for other teams. Like Josh Mm -hmm. Bell's still hitting pretty well, so Lane Thomas is going to have some opportunity to at least score some runs at the top of that lineup. Before we hit the news and notes, just want to remind everybody that you can listen to Fantasy Baseball Today on your smart speakers. Simply say, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, or, hey, Google, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, and boom, It plays easy-peasy. Be sure to try it out. News and notes. Clayton Kershaw will make a three-inning rehab start at AAA on Tuesday. He reportedly felt good after a sim game on Friday. Jack Flaherty is expected to begin a throwing program in the next couple of days. He's on the IL with a right shoulder strain. And Shane Bieber apparently threw a simulated game Saturday. There was no update on him anywhere. I searched through Twitter. I went to Cleveland Indians.com or whatever their MLB site is. I searched all over Google, nothing. There's no update on Shane Bieber. So once we have it, we will get it your way. Jacob deGrom is still likely about 10 days from advancing to bullpen sessions. Justin, do you think that we will see Bieber, Flaherty, deGrom, or Kershaw? Oh, man. Well, how do you think?
1: How I think I we'll see Kershaw. Like, yeah. I, I don't think you'd love Kershaw in with the rest of them. But honestly, I mean, if the Mets continue to stay in there, Mm-hmm. Maybe we see Degrom with one more start, or maybe even two more starts. Rest of the way, but the rest of them, I, I don't think so. I think I think Flaherty's probably done. As the Cardinals start to fall out of this, uh, the Indians already out of this. So I think Bieber's probably done. Uh, but yeah, I think I think we definitely see Kershaw for sure. I think Degrom is very unlikely, and I, I wouldn't roster him if I if I couldn't just catch him on the IL. Yeah.
0: Cleveland, nine and a half games out of their division. I mean, I would assume that they don't really have a shot in the wild card either. They are. No, they're eight and a half games out of the wild card too. Uh, I mean, the Mets, the Mets are hanging around. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. They've been hot recently. Uh, They are three and a half games out of their division. So they're still playing for a lot. We'll see what happens there. I think For sure. Kershaw, we'll see at some point. Uh, Maybe DeGrom, one or two starts to close out the season. Max Scherzer completed a bullpen session on Saturday and is expected to start Monday against the Cardinals. He left his last start a little early due to hamstring tightness, so it looks like he's good to go. Two starts this upcoming week. Michael Pineda is expected to return Monday and piggyback Bailey Ober. They're going to try and get six to seven total innings out of that pair which sucks, Justin, because I was all over Bailey Ober. I picked him up at a bunch of my leagues. He's been pitching really, really well since he rejoined the rotation. A big, hulking human being, six foot eight. He's performing well, but I, I don't see how you can start him now if he's only going to go three or four innings, right? Like, you don't even have the opportunity for a win from Bailey Ober.
1: Yeah, it's super disappointing because I've got Ober in a few spots as well. And I'm probably going to end up having to start other guys just because it doesn't make sense to take the risk. Especially on a bad team like Minnesota, like it just take the risk that he could get blown up in three or four innings and not even have any potential for a win. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. I wish they were doing the other way around. Why not start Pineda so that way they can follow with Ober? But yep. it is what it is.
0: Yep, yep. That would have gave us more of an opportunity for a win there. So if you do play in any shallower leagues, head to head leagues, uh, I've put in to drop Billy Ober in uh, in all of my Fab leagues tonight on Sunday when we're recording this. Tony Gonsolin felt good after Saturday's rehab start and could be activated soon. He is 43% rostered on CBS. Daniel Lynch exited Saturday's start in the third inning due to a cut on his finger. He was also getting destroyed, so maybe that contributed to that as well. Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick will share center field throughout the month of September. Justin, does that mean that neither of them are rosterable, Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick, if they're sharing time?
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, neither of them are like good enough in terms of having a carrying tool in fantasy that you can go, well, even in part time duty, like they could like make a difference for my team the rest of the way. So I'd probably rather have a guy who's not very sexy but playing full time.
0: Yeah, I-, I like what I've seen from Jake Myers, but you're right. I just don't think he's gonna do enough if he's playing. Half the time, even if it's two-thirds of the time, that's probably just not enough for Jake Myers. Luis Severino is reportedly doing well and is expected to return to mound work by next weekend. Do you think we get anything from Severino rest of the way?
1: No, I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't can we so. really expect him to go like deep into games uh, at this point in the season? Uh, you know, Last thing comes back is command and control off these Tommy John guys. So it means like you could end up getting a guy who goes three innings and gives up three or four runs. Uh, I love Severino, maybe for next year. I think he'll be an underrated guy, especially if we don't get much from him this year. But this year alone, no, I'm, I'm not going after Severino.
0: Yeah, as a Yankees fan, I think that they probably just want to build him up so that they can maybe use him as a multi-ending reliever in the postseason if they yeah. make it. I mean, if they get past a wildcard game. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably what's in the plans for for the rest of the season. Miguel Rojas was removed Sunday with left trap soreness. A bunch of players went to the IL this weekend. Lots of hamstrings, too, which is... I don't like we're pretty late in the season. Come on guys, massage up. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. Lucas Gilito, strained left hamstring on the IL AJ Pollock with a grade two hamstring strain. And Dave Roberts said that he will miss a few weeks, which sucks because AJ Pollock was crushing it recently. So not great there. Connor it was ugly. Yeah. Connor Joe, another one who we were you know, banging the table telling people, add Connor Joe. The guy's been awesome recently. Him and Frank Schwindel. It feels like we talk about them every podcast. Connor Joe went to the aisle with a right hamstring strain, which means more playing time for Rymel Tapia and for Sam Hilliard. They have, uh, it's either three or, I think it's three games at home this week and then four on the road for the Rockies. Willie Adamas went to the aisle with a strain left quad. He re-aggravated that injury on Saturday. Jonathan Luizaga with a strained right rotator cuff. Austin Gomber went to the IL with a back injury. He has really been pitching poorly recently, so uh, that might have been contributing to it. Nick Pavetta went to the COVID IL. He tested positive. The Red Sox are having a little bit of a breakout right now. Not a little bit. I mean, it's... it's A lot. Yeah, it's winter. It, it's gone around their, their clubhouse, but they're getting some guys back. I know Hunter Renfro was back recently as well, so uh, we'll see. Hopefully they can get past this. Justin Upton went to the IL with a right lumbar strain. Justin, would you start or sit these questionable players in weekly lineup leagues? Let's start with Carlos Rodon, who uh, apparently will not start against Oakland the the time that he was supposed to, the first time through the rotation, but there's a chance that he could be back next weekend against the Red Sox. Apparently, he's battling fatigue and soreness. Recently came off the I.L. Would you risk it and start Carlos Rodon or or just leave
1: him on the bench? I think I'm going to leave him on the bench. It's not a great matchup to begin with, and uh, the chance that he could not pitch at all and you take a zero uh isn't worth the, the risk so I'm, I'm going i've got him in tgfbi i've got him in a main event and i'm gonna go a different different direction
0: yeah i'm right there with you Yordan alvarez fouled the ball off of his knee x-rays came back negative cross your fingers he did not play on sunday obviously the guy had dual knee surgeries left last, last offseason. he's having an absolutely monster 2021 here uh but didn't play on sunday justin what do you think about Yordan alvarez
1: I mean, obviously, I want to wait to hopefully see him if he's in the lineup or not, uh, but I would roll with him if I you know, don't have an answer by the time lineup's locked. So uh, he's just been so good. I mean, I think he's going to be a second-round player next year, especially getting outfield eligibility back for 2022.
0: Mm, is he going to get to the 20 games this year? I know that he's played there quite a bit. Yep, he will. Oh, uh, that is and awesome.
1: He might not actually even be there. I'll double-check, but yeah, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be there because I, I talked about him recently on a podcast uh, and, yeah, he's already got 29 games played in left field. Oh,
0: beautiful. Yes, let's do it. Second round, you for next year. That is mm-hmm. awesome. Aaron Savali will return Tuesday against the Twins. Uh, not clear yet if he does have two starts this week. It depends if they continue to go with a six-man rotation with Cleveland. Would you start Aaron Savali first time back?
1: I think so. Twins are a weak enough uh, opponent that uh, I think it makes sense. And Savale was really, really good before uh, getting hurt. I, I like Savali a lot. I think he's a, a good little bounce back you may not get enough depth to get a win. So, like, if you're searching for wins, if that's what you're really going for, uh, then you may want to look another direction because who knows if the will go five his first outing back.
0: Yeah, especially if you play in a quality start league, too, which, mm-hmm. I mean, this season, the way that they've handled pitching, you, you, you should not have been playing in any quality start leagues. I know that Savali got up to uh, 71 pitches his last rehab outing, so keep that in mind. Ryan Mountcastle is nursing a sore foot. He was out of the lineup Sunday uh, he's having a monster second half as well, Justin. Would you leave Mount Castle in the lineup?
1: I would. I would. Definitely again want to check the lineup, see if he makes it in. Uh, but uh if he you know, if he's out, I think I'd still try to roll with him. He's like you said, he's been a monster in the second half. After like putting up nothing in the first half, he's really just completely salvaged uh, you know, season. So yeah, I think I would roll with him in hopes that he's gonna play.
0: All right, last one I got for you here. Cabert Ruiz, who, of course, is one of the top pitching, uh, catching prospects in the game, came over in the Max Scherzer trade. He was out of the lineup Sunday with knee soreness. Uh, what do you think about Cabert Ruiz?
1: I think I would go a different direction uh, just because he hasn't been playing well to begin with. So, And then you're talking about a guy who's banged up, a catcher, you know, having you know, to, you know, crouch for an entire game. I, I don't know that he's going to play very much this week. I think they might try to give him some extra days off. So I I think I would, uh, or they could send him the IL. So I think I would probably try to avoid it if I can.
0: Yeah, definitely in one-catcher leagues, go in a different direction. Two-catcher leagues, yeah, it's a little bit tougher. Let's see what happens. But uh, yeah, one-catcher, I think you avoid Cabert Ruiz. I do have a quick prospect update I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on here, Justin. Mackenzie Gore assigned to High A Fort Wayne on Friday, and he returned to game action with rookie-level Arizona Complex League affiliate August 19th and has made three appearances since then during that time. He posted a 1.65 ERA, 104 whip in 16 and a third innings pitch. I think the road back is is pretty long here for Mackenzie Gore. I mean, he's dealt with mechanic uh, mechanical issues. Uh, he's like, kind of dealt with the yips and stuff. I know that good our good friend Chris... Chris Welsh, AKA the Welsh from in this oh, league wow. was uh, at one of those starts. And and I was listening to his prospect one podcast and he wasn't really impressed from what he saw from Mackenzie Gore. So uh, do you have a feel here, Justin on Gore? Uh, obviously not for redraft this year, but uh, if you play in dynasty, right? Like, is there any hope for Mackenzie Gore?
1: Yeah, I think there's hope still. I I'd never like to give up on guys who were formerly top prospects. There were top prospects for a reason. Like he was really, really good in the low level levels of the minors. And, Um, you know, it sounds like a lot of this isn't necessarily a talent issue. It's a mental issue. And hopefully uh, it seems like he's starting to make some right steps in the right direction. Uh, I think if I could, I'd try to buy low on him and and see if, uh, you know, maybe someone does want to give up on, you know, people want to sell prospect pitchers all the time, right? The old tin stat, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. So yeah, I think I would try to buy low on him because I mean, once he is, Uh, you know, worked his way up. He'll be in that rotation next year. And I mean, he could be special.
0: Yeah. And and we know that, um, you know, production for prospects and and the way that they develop uh, develop. It's not li- it's not linear. I mean, it's not yeah. just, you know, it's it could be different for all different kind of prospects. Some pitchers come up right away, they're awesome. Others, not so much. Lucas Chilito, obviously famous example, top prospect in the game. He had the worst qualified ERA the year before he broke out. So uh, sometimes it just takes a little bit longer for these pitching prospects. I agree. If you could buy low on Mackenzie Goran Dynasty, definitely something I would look into doing. Would you rather? We already talked about Frank Schwindel versus Jamer Candelario. Let's take a look at a few others here that I think are pretty similar players. And we'll start with Ian Happ or Joe Adele in a Categories League. Ian Happ, seven more hits this weekend, 45% rostered. He's having a pretty big second half, 260 batting average, nine homers, two steals. He's got an 821 OPS. Joe Adele had six hits this weekend, including a double dong on Sunday. Two homers in that game. He's 49% rostered. He has six games this upcoming week. Justin, would you rather Happ or Adele?
1: This one like hits me straight in the heart because I am a big fan of Adele. I'm a big fan of, uh, of Ian app and they've both disappointed me greatly recently. Um, but they're both starting to hit. I think I go Hap as much as I love Adele, and I do think like the the ceiling is the limit for a guy like Joe Adele. Um, he still swings outside the zone a ton. He doesn't make a ton of in zone contact. Uh, he could be you know have some really prolonged. Uh, cold streaks. Yeah, so when he's hot, he's he's going to be fun to watch and stuff. But there's still a lot wrong with the profile uh, that he hasn't quite fixed yet at the major league level. So I'm going to go with my, my boy Ian Happ, who uh, is another perennial disappointment.
0: And I think they're pretty similar players overall too, right? Like A lot of swing and miss in the game. Uh, some power, some speed. Obviously, Joe Adele regarded as a... Higher prospect. I mean, yeah, probably much higher prospect. He was regarded as one of the top prospects in the game. Ian Happ did have some prospect status there for a while as well, so I don't want to sell him short, but uh, I'm with you. I'll I'll take Ian Happ. I think it's pretty close, but uh, let's pay attention to Joe Adele and see if he kind of builds off this big weekend here. In shallower leagues, Michael Conforto or Will Myers? Michael Conforto, six hits this weekend, including a home run. And in August... 268 batting average, 876 OPS for Michael Conforto. He got the plate discipline back on track. He's 69% rostered. And then Will Myers over his last 15 games, 310 batting average, four homers, one steal. He's 74% rostered. The problem, the Padres only play five games this upcoming week, and Myers doesn't really play every day. He plays like 60 to 70% of the time. But uh, who would you go with here, Conforto or Will Myers?
1: I think you got to go Conforto largely based on the fact that he's going to play more he's just yeah. going to play more games and the volume uh is is a bigger thing uh and I I just couldn't understand why Michael Conforto was this bad all season like it just felt like at some point things had to turn around for Conforto it seems like it's starting to now he's going to be a bargain hanging in the next year as well
0: yes yeah, it's, it's super interesting too because he's in a contract year so I'm I want to see where Michael Conforto winds up and what kind of contract he receives because obviously coming off this down year, had a monster 2020 season when it was you know obviously a shortened season. But uh, yeah, it's been a really weird one and, and I agree with you. it's Nothing really looked that different in the profile for Conforto this year. I mean, not hitting the ball as hard, okay, but yeah, it's been weird. I'm, I'm with you. I'll take Michael Conforto over Will Myers. Next one up here, Jonathan VR. The Mets, I mentioned they're hot. We're going to talk about a lot of Mets today. Uh, Jonathan VR. 16 hits, three homers, one steal over his last eight games. He's 41% rostered, has second, third shortstop eligibility on CBS. Very quietly, VR is batting 268 overall, 18 homers, 11 steals. That's a really good season for Johnny VR. And then Luis Arias, he had five hits this weekend as well. He added his 19th home run, 63% rostered. I don't want to sell him short. He's going to play more now that Willie Adamas is back on the IL. Would you rather
1: VR or Arias? That's really tough. I think with Adamus out, I think I'll take Urius. Uh, I just, you know, he'll play, he should play every day. Um, and I like the team context a little bit better, but I like the park a lot better. Uh, and so you give me Urias – it's close though. I like VR, VR, and he's VR's been surprisingly great this year. I wish I hadn't dropped him in my main event early on in the season.
0: <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I mean, he wasn't. There was a stretch there where he wasn't really playing, but now that he's been mm-hmm. hot, they they use him all over the field. Nice little utility man there for the New York Mets. Uh, I think it also kind of depends what you need, right? So, I think if you need a little bit more pop, maybe a little bit better batting average, I think that could be a If you need steals, maybe go in the direction of uh, Jonathan VR. I know. Uh, The Mets play seven games this upcoming week. The Brewers play six. So that could be a deciding factor for you as well. Last one here that I have, would you rather Andres Jimenez or Leody Tavares? Specifically, if you need speed in a categories league, Jimenez had four hits, three steals this weekend. He's 12% rostered, seven games this upcoming week. And then Leody Tavares, over his last seven games, 296 batting average, two homers, four steals. He's 12% rostered. Justin, would you rather... Jimenez or Tavares?
1: Oh, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're taking positional eligibility because Jimenez has the added eligibility, uh, I think I'm going to go Tavares just because he's let off a few times and in Texas, I think wants him to lead off. Uh, he's been really good since getting recalled. So I think I'm going to lean Tavares, but like both guys.
0: Yeah, I do like both as well. I mean, there was, you remember, Justin, there was so much hype for Andres Jimenez coming into the season, and I thought for good reason, too. I mean, I kind of backed off as we got closer because, I mean, the helium just kind of got out of control in, you know, high-stakes leagues. He was going inside the top, like, 120 picks, maybe even top 100, which, you know, it got a little out of hand, but, uh, yeah. I mean, he's kind of flashing a little bit now, especially that speed, and Cleveland lets their guys run, so... I think these are two names you could look at if you do specifically need some steals. Uh, But I'm with you. I I do lean Leo de Tavares just a little bit more. Let's take a quick break. When we return, what if I told you this before the season started? Let's get Justin's thoughts next here on Fantasy Baseball Today.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: All right, Justin. So if I told you before the season that Salvador Perez had 41 home runs on September 6th, what would you say?
1: I want to know what you're smoking, because that's that's insane. Uh, I mean, what he's doing is ridiculous. I I was saying this earlier tonight. Like, I haven't run the numbers on it yet, but he's got to be, like, a a top 10 hitter in two catcher formats this year because you're getting, like, almost – you're going to get almost 600 plate appearances. You may even get 600 plate appearances by the end of the season – from a catcher and that's that's ridiculous Um, especially because he doesn't have a batting average is going to tank you he will be completely over uh, overpaid for next year um, but those of you who are willing to drop that top 80 top you know 90 pick on him good on you I wish I had
0: yeah I wish I did as well you know I, I I liked grabbing one of the top 10 or 12 catchers and it was really just whoever fell at a discount so I wound up with a lot of Wilson Contreras, I thought, you know, was pretty pretty good draft day price. James McCann, I got a lot of, and, you know, that didn't really work out. Sean Murphy is another one I liked, and that hasn't worked out either. Uh, on CBS, if you play in a Roto League, you can actually go to all players, and you can see where they rank for the season. Salvador Perez, 5x5 five five Roto, is the 12th ranked player. Player, not just hitter. Overall, Salvador Perez in two catcher leagues is the 12th overall player. Just an absolutely fantastic season for Salvi. Justin, what if I told you before the season that uh, on September 6th, Robbie Ray would have a 2.60 ERA, a 0.99 whip, 212 strikeouts, over 166 innings pitched, and is in top three contention for the American League Cy Young.
1: I would not have believed the whip. Like that's, I mean, I I would have thought you were i like, oh, I can believe the strikeouts. I maybe even believe like the ERA and in, in the innings and stuff, but the whip. Come on, this is Robbie Ray. But I mean, he figured it out. I guess I just I don't understand it. I mean, he started to trust his stuff, right? He really taxed his own now instead of nibbling. And I think this is is gotta be a product of something in Toronto, right? That the coaching staff said, hey, listen you've got really good stuff. Stop trying to get people to swing outside of the zone and go after him inside the zone. And it's really worked for him. Uh, it's insane. Cause I think he's going to be like a top 15 starter next year. Um, and I think that's probably right.
0: Yeah. I think that is right as well in terms of ranking him. I don't know if I am going to want to pay that, that price for Robbie Ray next year. It's, I mean, it's just the old adage, right? Like don't pay for a player coming off a career year. It's the same thing for Salvador Perez. So Uh, We'll see, but man, Robbie Ray, just 2.3 walks per nine this season, where, I mean, you know, his days in Arizona, we were like up over four. I think we were up over five walks per nine a few times, too. You're right. It's just the control has been awesome for him. Simplified his approach. Fastball slider really makes up the most of his arsenal now. Attacking zone, as you mentioned. Uh, It definitely helps that the velocity has been up this season as well. So, uh, Robbie Ray, one of the biggest steals this season. Cedric Mullins, another one. He went two for four with his 25th home run on Sunday. He's batting 305, also has 26 steals. 25 25 season for Cedric Mullins. Justin, what would you say if I told you before the season that Cedric I said, Mullins? I told you so.
1: <laughs> I told you so. Um, I mean, I didn't think this was going to happen necessarily. Like, I think uh, I, I wrote an article for Fangraphs Graphs and, uh, you know, a bold predictions piece. And I think I said. He was uh, my bold prediction was he'd go fifteen twenty five, so like I didn't think he'd have this quite kind of power, and I definitely didn't think he'd have for this kind of average. But I mean, he's just been absolutely amazing, and I am uh, so glad that I got him on. I think like nineteen or twenty teams of my twenty nine. Uh, it's it's been it's been glorious. It's been keeping me afloat in some places, and uh, you know, I th- this will be a victory lap. I never stop running.
0: No, that's that's good on you, man. Absolutely. I mean, I I don't think I wound up with him anywhere. I have probably like 12 or 13 teams, and I have zero Cedric Mullins. So uh, definitely, definitely good job on you there. And I wonder if we see more hitters kind of ditch, switch hitting after this, mm-hmm. because Cedric Mullins did that. Uh, I, I, it was either before last year or, or before this season. But uh, it was yeah, right
1: before this season, yeah. Right before this uh, season. I think, too, like if you're like me and you're already starting your prep for next season because you, you have, you know, an addiction and and, and, not, and way too much free time on your end, apparently, um, you know, one of the things that clued me in on Mullins was I was watching lineups in September and he was leading off every game. Start looking at some of these teams and seeing what their lineups and seeing if you're seeing any kind of, uh, you know, things that stick out to you. Things like Leo de Tavares leading off, you know, in September or, uh, you know, or other guys hitting in certain spots, you know, how are teams playing these guys down the stretch? Because it's not like previous years in which you had, you know, 40 million players on the roster in September and we couldn't really make what of anything uh, at the end of the year. So right now is a good time if if you aren't as into baseball or aren't as into football and you're still 100% on baseball and really getting ready for next year, this is the time to really keep a close eye on things like that.
0: Yeah, could give you a leg up on your competition heading into next season. Really good point there, from Justin. All right, last one here. I wanted to hit Kyle Seager hit two home runs on Saturday. Justin, what have I told you before the year that on September six, Kyle Seager would have thirty three home runs and ninety three RBI?
1: I mean, I'd ask you if you had a time machine um, because this this is ridiculous. I mean, this is you know, I mean, most power he's had in his entire career, um, and it's you know one of the reasons why the Mariners have competed for as long as they have uh in the wild card in their division. So, uh I mean, good for Seeger. He's he's going to get a, a nice little contract at, you know, age what 32, 33 uh next year uh and on a different team. I mean, he's got a team option, but there's no way they're paying and out that team option. Uh so maybe ends back in Seattle if if they kind of come to terms on a new deal, uh but if he leaves, it'll be a better hitting spot, right? I mean, it'd be better than Seattle. So, uh Good on, good on Seager. Uh, I, I'm glad that he is outperforming his little brother.
0: Yeah, very nice there, yeah. I mean, he's only batting 213, but of course the power has been awesome for, mm-hmm. uh, for Kyle Seager. A few hitting leftovers from the weekend I wanted to mention. Adalberto Montesi has played three games since returning. In those games, he has four hits, one homer, four steals. Justin, are you ready to draft him in the top three rounds again next year after a monster September?
1: So this is one where you really want to watch the usage, right? Because they said, well, he's only, you know, maybe he can't be a full-time player, and that's why he keeps getting hurt and stuff like that. Uh, and so I really want to see how many games is he playing down the stretch? Are they really going to only play him three out of every four days or three out of every five days? Because that will really impact the price. But, man, you see the tools. You see it, right? We're getting sucked back in. I'm ready to be hurt again. I really am. I don't know that I'll take him the first three rounds. But, you know, if he's sitting there fourth, fifth, sixth round, something like that, it'd be really hard to leave potential 50 stolen bases on the board.
0: I know. I mean, and there's people that are going to laugh about it. Ha! Why do you keep drafting Adalberto Montesi? But, I mean, you see this. You see what he did last September and literally just wins people fantasy championships when he can stay on the field. So, especially if you play in a categories league, the guy's just such a difference maker. Those three games that he's played, that he has played in thus far... They have come over the course of a five-game stretch for the Royals. So you're right. He has sat out. He's played one game, sat out, played one game, sat out, and then played another game on Sunday. So let's see what that playing time looks like rest of season. Nolan Arenado, a double-dong on Friday. He's now up to 29 homers and 88 RBI. Francisco Lindor, back-to-back days with a home run on Saturday and Sunday, hopefully getting ready to finish strong because Lindor, Yelich, trying to figure out what to do with those guys for next year. Cody Bellinger, it's, I don't know. Scratch my head. Try and we'll figure something out uh, throughout the offseason for those guys. Javier Baez, four for four on Sunday with a sock and a shoe. Justin, I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase that we have a sock and a shoe. That's a home run and a steal in the same game. It was made by our, our very own Scott White. I, I think it's pretty good. I like it. A good one. Yeah. I, I tried to do sweet and salty for a little bit. People didn't like that, so I, I <laughs> gave up on it. I, I don't. Know. I love sweet and salty snacks like chocolate covered pretzels. Those are you know those are one of my favorites. Um, Javier Baez, by the way. You want to talk about getting paid. I mean, the guy's in a contract year. He's up to 28 home runs and 14 steals. So good on him as well. Marcana is bouncing back. Over his last seven games, he's batting 308 with four home runs. So I think the further he gets away from that injury that he had that landed him on the IL, uh, the better Marcana is going to be. Lourdes Guriel, five hits, two homers, 10 RBI this weekend. He's having a really big second half. Under the radar, Lourdes Guriel, 310 batting average, 888 OPS in the second half. Wander Franco, two more multi-hit games this weekend. He extends his on-base streak to 35 games. And this is a fun one, too, Justin. Scott and I were talking about it. How early do you think Wander Franco goes next year? Because, I mean, he's undoubtedly going to be a top 50 pick. I I just don't know how high it's going to get.
1: I mean, I think he's a second rounder next year. That's that's my guess. I don't know that I'll be taking him there, but there will be people taking him there.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of like the Vlad treatment, right? When he first really? came up, and it's just kind of just selling out for that that upside and what he could be, and we're, we're already seeing it. The guy's twenty years old. He's got a yeah. thirty five game on base streak. It's ridiculous. Ozzy Albie's returned on Friday, and he hit a home run in three days in a row at Coors Field. So that was great to see. Charlie Blackman also homered three days in a row from Thursday through Saturday. Gary Sanchez two homers on Sunday. He's now at twenty home runs, twenty home runs overall. He is only batting 216, though. So a little bit of the Kyle Seeger treatment there for Gary Sanchez. Let's move over to pitching here. Talk about some waiver wire pitchers. Part one, these are players who are rostered between 50 and 60% on CBS. Rich Hill was at the Nationals this weekend. Six shutout, three hits, two walks, four strikeouts. He's allowed just five earned runs over his last three starts for Rich Hill. He's at the Miami Marlins this week, so obviously a good matchup there. Carlos Hernandez. Another quality start. Six innings, two runs, three strikeouts. And since being put in the rotation mid-July, 2.94 ERA for Carlos Hernandez with the Kansas City Royals. He's at the Orioles this week, so another good matchup. Tanner Houck. He was up against Cleveland. Five shutout, seven strikeouts to just to zero walks. He had 15 swinging strikes in this start. Uh, 58% rostered. He's at the White Sox this week, so a tougher matchup for Tanner Houck. And then Ranger Suarez, who we talk about quite a bit as well. He was at the Marlins. Five shutout with seven strikeouts. He is at home versus the Rockies. That is the first game the Rockies will be away from Coors Field, and we know that usually their bats lag behind that first game out of Coors. Uh, Ranger Suarez is 59% rostered. Justin, how would you rank this group? Rich Hill, Carlos Hernandez, Tanner Houck, Ranger Suarez for the upcoming week?
1: I think i go... Uh, Rich Hill, uh, who really struggled with the, uh, the sticky stuff after they kind of cracked down on it, but it seems to have gotten together and hasn't had a blister since the sticky stuff has been removed. Um, then I would go Ranger Suarez getting Colorado on the road, and Suarez has been really, really good in the rotation. I mean, really good before he was in the rotation. Uh, and then I think between Howkin Hernandez, I think the difference maker is. I think Hernandez better matchup against Baltimore. And I just don't trust ball or Boston's usage of I mean, they, they've sometimes let him go. And sometimes they've just said, Hey, Nope, you're coming out right now. Uh, you know, he he threw five shutout, but like they only let him go five in a shutout. Like he was pitching really, really well. So what if things go a little bit sideways, they're going to pull him out after three can't get a win. So
0: yeah, six only 68 pitches, but I mean, he's got nasty stuff. There's no doubt in that I think, I think Tanner Hawk is, is, Going to be a pretty good pitcher overall like for the future. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll be on the bandwagon next year. Next yeah. year, I will be on the Hauk bandwagon. But for the rest of this season, you're just not going deep enough into games that, uh, that you're going to get wins all the time.
0: Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Ranger Suarez, I would put him at the top of this list for me. Seven starts since joining the rotation. He's got a 171 ERA. 63% ground ball rate, so that's been absolutely massive for him. Uh, but then I would go Rich Hill, Carlos Hernandez, and Tanner Houck in that order. Waiver Wire starting pitchers, part two. These are names that are rostered in under 50% of CBS leagues. Nestor Cortez was up against the Orioles, five and two thirds, one run, seven strikeouts. I don't really know how Nestor Cortez is doing what he's doing, but he's pretty fun to watch. He's crafty, Mm -hmm. like... Does all these weird movements on the mound. He like stalls. He does like quick pitching. Kind of reminds me of like Johnny Cueto from the left-hand side. But uh, he is 47% rostered. Tough matchup this week up against the Blue Jays. Jesus Lazardo, coming off that great start last time out, uh, was up against the Phillies this weekend. Five and two-thirds, three runs, three strikeouts. Uh, Could not locate either fastball, the four-seam, or the sinker in this one. Uh, He's 40% rostered up against the Mets this week. Adrian Hauser, where did this come from? Up against the Cardinals, three-hit shutout, seven strikeouts to zero walks. He's 26% rostered. He has another solid matchup. He's at Cleveland this week. Uh, And then Brady Singer up against the White Sox, seven shutout with six strikeouts to zero walks. Last four starts for Brady Singer. He's got a 1.49 ERA. He's at the Minnesota Twins this week, 26% rostered. Justin, how would you rank this group? Cortez, Lazardo, Hauser, and Singer.
1: Well, I can tell you, I'm putting Lozardo last, 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 just not no way. You couldn't pay me to start Jesus Lozardo, <laughs> so not no way am I going to do that voluntarily. Uh, I think I would probably lead off with Hauser, even though I don't trust Milwaukee and their usage him. I know he he was fantastic, right? Complete game, uh, first one of his career. Uh, that's all well and good. He's also recently had starts where he went like three and a third. And, like, you know, they're going to use them however they feel that helps benefit the team. And, you know, of any team in baseball, Milwaukee does not care at all about your fantasy team. And so, like, he could easily go four and a third and not get a win. So, uh, I do do like Hauser, though. I've always felt like watching his stuff, like, that he could get some more strikeouts. But he just uh, pitches so effectively to contact that he doesn't need to and tries to get out of innings quickly. So, I'll go Hauser – Cortez, who I really enjoy watching pitch. He does have a little Johnny Cueto in him, a little swagger, a little just kind of messing with uh, playing mind games with the hitters. Uh, then I'll go Singer and, like I said, Lazardo, just stay away from it. Just don't do it
0: cortez by the way i love the mustache too right little little mustache he's got going on there's an awesome shirt from uh rotoware right now that they put out for for nestor cortez kind of mocking the super mario brothers so that's mm-hmm. awesome uh adrian hauser yeah i'm with you i would put him at the top of this list then nestor cortez i mean it's a it's a, to- a toss up for me between Lazardo and singer like i i don't i don't think brady singer is very good i mean he's sinker slider i i I don't think he has much bat missing ability. Uh, I do think Lazardo's upside long term is still much better than Brady Singer. So you flip a coin between those, so I probably would take Lazardo ahead of Singer, but uh, that's just for me. Deeper waiver wire starting pitchers. So these are let's see what we got here. These are rostered in under I want to say twenty percent. Yeah, that would yep that would make sense for all of these names. And man, this is a this is a real fun group. So get ready here, Justin Michael <laughs> Waka up against the Minnesota Twins this weekend six. Six innings, two runs, seven strikeouts. I noticed a, a change in his pitch mix. He completely ditched the cutter his last two starts, and he's opting for more fastballs, curveballs, and uh, change-ups, which makes sense because the cutter was getting crushed this year for Waka. He's at the Tigers this week, so pretty good matchup there. Antonio Senzatella, I mean, we know. He goes through stretches like this. It happened last year. His last five starts, a 2.94 ERA for Antonio Senzatella. He's at home against your San Francisco Giants this upcoming week. Glenn Otto, his first two starts with the Rangers, nine and two-thirds, two runs, 11 strikeouts to just one walk. Uh, He is 11% rostered. Solid matchup at the Diamondbacks this week. Eli Morgan, don't really know where this came from, five and two-thirds shutout. He had seven strikeouts, 19 swinging strikes against the Boston Red Sox. That was pretty interesting to see here. Uh, Overall, I don't trust him. Maybe you do, Justin, but we'll find out in just a second. Uh, Jesus, uh, Jose Suarez, another one. Like, Adrian Hauser, complete game for Jose Suarez. Like, this guy had not thrown more than five and two-thirds in a start all season long. He goes out there, throws a complete game against the Texas Rangers. Uh, He is at the Padres this week. And then Taylor Hearn, who pitches for the Rangers. He, over his last eight starts... Over his last eight games, rather. Six starts, two relief appearances. He's got a three oh seven ERA. Doesn't get many swinging strikes, lots of fly balls. He does limit hard contact. That is Taylor Hearn. Justin, maybe give me just your two or three favorites. If you play in a deeper league, Waka, Senzatella, Glenn Otto, Eli Morgan, Jose Suarez, and Taylor Hearn.
1: I think... Otto is the guy that I would most want to use just I like the matchup he's been he's been pretty good in his first uh, few starts I don't know how deep they'll go in the games but the one walk is a really really nice sign um, and you know pitching in Arizona is is a pretty good place to pitch right going up against a national team in a, in a good ballpark uh, with the Humidor so I think Otto is easily the number one guy in this um, I mean I like Jose Suarez, but he's actually he's going against Houston this week, not not San Diego. Okay. So, and I, I don't I don't want to have anything to do with Houston at all. Just just stay away. Uh, and there's nothing worse than roster a guy who just had a big outing and then he gets destroyed. And I think that that has real potential. Um, I like Eli Morgan a little bit, but the walks have been an issue. Uh, you know, he sometimes loses uh, command within the zone. Milwaukee, no, not 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 wrong with that one. So if I got to pick another one, I guess I go Michael Walker, who I, I agree I, I like this pitch pitch mix change and I've fallen for the Michael Walker trick before, and I'm I'm a lot like Charlie Brown, just going to kick that football one time I'll connect.
0: <laughs> oh man, famous last words, right? Michael Walker, trust Michael Walker. <laughs> Deeper leagues. Again, these are in deeper leagues. So he's only 12% rostered. Solid matchup this week. Yeah, I would put Glenn Otto up at the top, and I would put uh, Michael Walker behind him. I think Antonio Sanzatella, like, in the right spots, you can use him at home in Coors Field against San Francisco. Pesky lineup. They hit home runs. I don't think that that's the spot that I want to try and take a shot here on Sensatella. By the way, if Scott's not here, but I'll, I'll play the little jingle because uh, I, I do enjoy this with the little Glen Otto that we do. 1-800-GLEN-OTTO. Come on. <laughs> Pick up the phone. The call is free. Very nice there. 1-800-GLEN-OTTO. Get him on your team in deeper leagues. We had a few pitchers return this weekend. Justin, want us to get your thoughts on some of these. Freddie Peralta. Came back against the Cardinals. He gave up four runs over two innings. He only threw 53 pitches. Uh, He's up against the Phillies this week. Jose Arquiti made his return. He was at the Padres. Only goes four and a third. Gives up two runs. The velocity I saw up on all the pitches here for Jose Arquiti. Nice matchup this upcoming week against the Seattle Mariners. And then Trevor Rogers came back on Friday against the Phillies. Four and a third. Two runs. Only three strikeouts. And he is... At the Braves, so what did you think about Peralta or Rogers in their returns and their matchups this week? I I only really like the one for Kidi.
1: Yeah, I I think I would go with Rogers. Atlanta hasn't been great against lefties this year, so uh, I I think I Rogers I would probably queue up. Kidi, I think I would queue up as well. Peralta again, Milwaukee they don't care about your fantasy team. They're just going to you know, and and they also got such a big lead in the division that they're not going to mess with things, right? They're going to keep these workloads really managed uh, down the stretch, especially for a guy like Peralta, who's, you know, shifting from being a bullpen guy to back into the rotation, dealing with an injury. So I, I, Peralta is one of those guys that I think he'd be dropped in shallow formats, even with that huge upside. It's just, I think the chances that he's going to have a lot of innings rest of the way is pretty unlikely. So uh, I think, yeah, uh, I like him for extra though. I'm, you know I was and I'll take my L on him if I take my victory laps on a guy like Cedric Mullins I'll take my L's too I was completely wrong on Freddy Peralta he has just been absolutely amazing this year but I think rest of the way you could probably move on
0: yeah no I, I love that too I mean it's accountability here right like we're gonna get some things right we're gonna get a lot of things wrong too so uh we like to do the same thing it's you know I, I think when Vlad was going off earlier in the season I, like we had Vlad on all of our bus lists and it was just because of the price right like he hasn't done anything yet, and we're still drafting inside the top, whatever, 70 picks. And pff, loser right here. I mean, that did not work out. So um, uh, I think specifically for Freddie Peralta, a good point there on really all players that we see playing time kind of taking a step back rest of season, kind of just like strip the name off the back of the jersey. Cody Bellinger was someone last week where we said, you can drop him. He, I mean, he's a platoon bat now. He's batting well under 200. He's been awful this year. It's clear he's paying, playing through injury. Hopefully, he gets back on track, you know, offseason, another year removed from that shoulder surgery. He could be better for next year, but, like, bigger names that are not producing, it's, I mean, this is not the time to be holding on to names like that. So, I think that's a really good point there from, from you, Justin. Starter sit, I got a bunch of names for you. Let's run through these. John Means, he was at the Yankees this weekend. Five innings, two runs, five strikeouts. Would you start or sit? I believe he's only going to face the Royals. CBS they have him scheduled for two starts, but he is pitching on Wednesday. It's an eight game week. Are they going to let him go on three days rest from like one Wednesday to Sunday? I don't think so. So if it's just KC, would you start or sit Justin?
1: Yeah, I think it's just going to be KC, and then he'll have a two start next week. So I will, I'm going to start in, against Kansas City. Kansas City is not very good.
0: Yes, they they are. They're quite bad. They made Zach Plesak look like a good pitcher earlier in the week. Exactly. So, uh, John Means, uh, yeah. I mean, Means has got back on track a little bit here. The swinging strikes are still not where we want them to be, but uh, yeah, against the Royals, I can get behind that. Sean Maniah, he was at the Blue Jays this weekend, really needed a bounce back start, and he got it. Seven innings, two runs, nine strikeouts. Uh, entering this one, his first, 5 starts in August, he had a 9.90 ERA. Would you start or sit at home against the White Sox this week?
1: Hmm, I think I would sit unless I was really desperate. Um, I mean the A's should let him go because they they're chasing down a wild card spot or maybe even the division if they can get hot. Uh, but uh, man, that that White Sox team is pretty good and Mania has been kind of all over the place. I think Minaya's tired, man. He just has not gone deep into seasons like this in a while. So I think Minaya is just starting to kind of wear down over the course of this, you know, extended season after only having 60 games last year. So uh, yeah, if if you're really desperate, I guess, but I would try to avoid it.
0: Yeah, it's a a tough matchup, too. The White Sox, sixth best in Woba versus left-handed pitching this year. They are first over the last 14 days, so they've been hot. Alec Manoa this weekend against Oakland. Five innings, gave up six runs, only had two strikeouts to three walks. He is at the Yankees this week, 40% fly ball rate for Alec Manoa. It's pretty scary in Yankee Stadium, uh, though his first major league start was there, and he, he actually performed well. So what do you think, Justin? Would you start or sit Manoa at the Yankees?
1: Oh, this is a tough one. I think I would start him just because he's been so good this season. I know the last game was bad, but, uh, I mean, for the, for the most part, he's just been so dynamic. And, you know, I'm not as worried about a guy like Manoa going to Yankee Stadium because he already pitches in a really bad ballpark. He's pitched in really bad ballparks all throughout this season, you know, with, with Toronto having to pitch in every single stadium that they have they have a contract with. so uh, yeah, I don't I don't I'm not as worried about the stadium as long as he's he's good to go, I think you should be able to put him back in your lineup,
0: yeah, and the Yankees after the thirteen game winning streak, the bats have kind of cooled down here the weekend. I mean, they couldn't hit Baltimore pitching. oh my God, it was just so dreadful to watch. Uh, just all right, we don't want to talk about the Yankees, but yeah. I'm with you. I actually would still start Alec Manoa. Kyle Gibson. And I know for a long time, Justin, you were the Kyle Gibson guy. Like year after year, I I would listen to you guys, and I know that you were pumping up Kyle Gibson. Uh, Over his last eight starts, he's got a 5.23 ERA. I think the wheels are starting to fall off a little bit here for Kyle Gibson. Would you start or sit at the Brewers this week?
1: I think I would sit him. I mean, this is the exact same thing that happened to Kyle Gibson last time he was good, right, is he, he had this really good start to the season and then fell off kind of at the end, and we, we blamed it on the, I think it was ulcerative colitis, um, and we we're like, oh, you know, that's what's going on here, you know, you got sick, but I think maybe he just tires out, and, you know, he's a volume guy. He needs to volume his way because he doesn't strike out a lot of guys like to be successful for fantasy owners, uh, and, you know, If the volume isn't very good right now, then it's probably time to move on.
0: Kyle Hendricks, over his last eight starts, he's got a 7.48 ERA, a 1.62 whip, 3.1 walks per nine. Kyle Hendricks is not right at the moment. Would you start or sit at home against the Giants?
1: Oh, against the Giants? You got to, I mean, come on. You got to sit him. He's been, I want to say he's been like the worst qualified pitcher this season. I I could be wrong, but it's pretty close. Either way, it's been. Which is crazy because I mean I had him as a top twenty pitcher coming in the season. I just thought that if anybody can volume his way and, and give you good ratios, and it can, it's got to be Kyle Hendricks. And the wheels have completely fallen off this season, um, and uh, and so have a lot of my teams. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How about Ian Anderson in two starts coming off the IL? One of those was in Coors Field, so I mean you give him a bit of a pass. But eight and two thirds, four earned runs, six walks. To zero strikeouts very I don't know what's going on with Ian Anderson right now however he's at home against the Miami Marlins this week
1: that's a good matchup um I just worry that he's not healthy yet and um that that might be the issue here and the Braves are kind of in a desperate spot where they're trying to hold on to this division and and I think pushing him maybe farther than he should go uh I think you can roll him out but it's this is just because it's the Marlin doesn't mean they can't they, they just put up you know runs on Gibson right so like they could put runs up on on Anderson as well
0: last two here Josiah Gray his last two starts he's given up twelve earned runs over six innings pitched the swinging strikes way down during that span as well uh, he is still seventy five percent rostered I would ask if you want to drop him Justin but he's at the Pirates this week so I think I would hold on for one more.
1: Yeah, I think I think this is the deciding factor, right? If if you can't use him against the Pirates then you can't use him. He can't be on your yeah. team. So, I think you give him one more go. He's a really really talented pitcher. He's had moments of brilliance and then moments where he loses kind of the command within the zone which leads to home runs. So, uh if if he can put a good showing against the Pirates this week then I'm going to continue roll of him. If he puts up another dud, he's got it at the wave wire.
0: Last one, Corey Kluber. Returned this week, he made two starts, seven and two-thirds, seven earned runs. Did have 11 strikeouts, so the swing and miss looks pretty good. He is at the Mets this week.
1: Yeah, I don't think Kluber is right. He just doesn't look like the same guy he did uh, early in the season um, when he was pitching for the Yankees. I mean, he, he was really, really bad in some of those rehab starts. And I, I don't really care about, like, the... Um, the earned runs and stuff. It was the walks and like the wild pitches and the hit batters and um, and it just didn't look great in this first start back. So I'm I'm not starting quarter through, but I don't think he should be rostered in most leagues.
0: Let's wrap up with some bullpen updates from the weekend. I'll run through a couple of different teams here, but for the Cubs, Rowan Wick picked up two saves this weekend and has the last three traditional saves for the Chicago Cubs. He is five percent rostered. Someone I think you could add in deeper leagues if you need saves, Justin.
1: Yeah, if you need saves, I mean, it's hard to get them right now. And and Rowan Wick looks like the guy uh, now that he's healthy.
0: Yeah, for Oakland, Sergio Romo came in on Friday with a two-run lead. He then gave up a three-run walk-off homer to Marcus Semien. What an awesome game, by the way. I mean, Toronto was rocking in that game. Lourdes Gurriel hits the game... I believe it was game time Grand Slam the inning before, and then they go down two runs. And then uh, Marcus Semien with the revenge game, three-run homer there in the ninth inning. Uh, Lou Trevino also uh, only recorded four outs this weekend. He gave up seven more earned runs. Justin, who do you think gets the next save opportunity for the Oakland A's?
1: Andrew Chaffin. Yep. I
0: think
1: that's- uh, it's hard
0: to argue with that, too. I mean, he's he's been so awesome this year.
1: So. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is a really, really fluid situation that's going to change hands a few more times rest of the way. Just be happy with what you got from Trevino because you, you got a lot from him uh, for nothing off the waiver wire.
0: Yep, for Boston this weekend, on Friday, Adam e- Adovino entered... In the seventh inning in a tie game, which was pretty random, there was a runner on first. uh, The top of the lineup was coming up, and then he struck out the two batters he faced. Garrett Whitlock recorded the final four outs for his second save of the season. And then on Saturday, Adovino gave up three earned runs. He took his third blown save, but did wind up with the win. He's 36% rostered. I still do think Adovino is the guy there for Boston. Matt Barnes is currently on the COVID IL as well. For Tampa Bay on Friday, Andrew Kittredge got his sixth save. And he has Tampa Bay's last four traditional saves. I believe it was Sunday he took the loss. I don't think it was a save opportunity. It might have been like a tie game, but he did pitch. Uh, I mean, it's Tampa Bay, Justin. Do you have have a field? Do you actually trust Andrew Kittredge?
1: No. I don't trust anybody in Tampa Bay. He's (laughs) like, don't do it.
0: No, don't do it. For Colorado on Friday, Carlos Estevez picked up his fourth save. On Saturday, he gave up a solo homer and picked up his fifth save. I think he's entrenched as the Rockies closer right now. It's Coors Field, which is not great, but uh, Estevez is pitching well right now. For Seattle, uh, Paul Sewald pitched in the seventh inning on Friday. Then Drew Steckerreiter pitched in the eighth. Uh, Johan, a gentleman named Johan, picked up uh, his second save of the season in the tenth inning. And then on Saturday, Diego Castillo pitched in the ninth. He picked up his 16th save, so he returned. There's a bunch of names. Justin, do you have any feel for the Mariners bullpen right now?
1: I think Castillo's going to be the guy, but I think it also could switch hands a bunch. They're just going to kind of ride the hot hand. I just think, especially for next year, if you're kind of looking at these, because these are the situations you're going to kind of look at for next year. This, I think this is going to be another muddled situation coming into 2022.
0: Yep. I mentioned the Reds on Saturday. Michael Lorenzen pitched in the seventh and the eighth inning. Michael Givens picked up his fifth save, but they've been hard to trust for the Marlins. Dylan Floro picked up his eighth save of the season on Saturday. On Sunday for Baltimore, Tyler Wells got his first save of the year. Cole Sulser pitched on Friday and Saturday. They like to mix and match quite a bit. Baltimore doesn't win many games as it is. For the Tigers, Gregory Soto recorded the final five outs on Sunday for his 18th save for the Twins. Alex Colomay gave up two hits, a walk, uh, and he picked up his 11th save of the season. He's 44% rostered. He's not very good. I don't, I don't think Colomay's good. But if you play in a shallower categories league, he's their closer. So he's going to get save opportunities. And then... For the Cardinals on Sunday, an epic meltdown. Giovanni Gallegos enters with a four-run lead. He gives up three hits, a walk, gives up one run. Alex Reyes comes in, gives up a walk-off grand slam to pinch hitter Daniel Vogelbach. I'm thinking they still go back to Gallegos next time out. What do you think, Justin?
1: I think they do, too. But I I think, again, this is a situation that's probably going to be pretty fluid. I mean, they even said when when they kind of demoted Alex Reyes out of the role that they were going to play matchups in the ninth. So I think they, I think it's going to be kind of fluid, but I think Guyagos gets the next table opportunity.
0: All right, to stream or not to stream, I'm going to throw a few names your way, Justin, who are rostered in under 70% of CBS leagues. And these are, if you play in daily lineup leagues, someone that you could pick up and stream for that day. Uh, just give me like your two or three favorites. A lot of the time, Scott doesn't like any of them. So <laughs> he will literally just tell people like, don't stream. Uh, you could do the same for Monday. Ryan Yarbrough at the Red Sox. Kyle Freeland is at home against the Giants. Justin Steele at home against the Reds. Bryce Wilson is hosting the Tigers. AJ Alexi at the Angels. And Logan Allen is hosting the Twins. Do you like any of these, Justin?
1: I mean, not particularly. Uh, I guess if I'm going to give you two, I'll go Logan Allen, Minnesota, coming off of two decent starts both quality starts so he went six uh and then aj lexi i guess but the other ones i mean yarborough against a boston team that crushes lefties no things kyle freeland at home versus my giants absolutely not i don't even know who justin Steele is i just refuse to admit that he's an actual pitcher in baseball (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, let's go on to Tuesday to stream or not to stream. We have Jake Odorizzi at home against the Mariners. Logan Gilbert on the other side. He's at the Houston Astros. Willie Peralta at the Pirates. Edward Cabrera versus the Mets. Jackson Kawar at the Orioles. And Eric Lauer versus the Phillies.
1: All right. I, I'm going to go Eric Lauer versus the Phillies. is one of these guys that people just will not give any credit to. But he continue, continues to just put up good outing after good outing after good outing. And Phillies... Yeah, they're a good team, but they're not a great team. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll run it out there with with Lauer. The rest of the bunch, a little scary. I think Odorizzi, I guess, for Seattle, is somewhat interesting for me. Uh, but no way am I starting Logan Gilbert, who's been struggling uh, against Houston. Um, and Edward Cabrera, I like him long term, but he's been kind of up and down so far.
0: I really liked what I saw from Jackson Kawar, his first start back in the rotation last time out. So, at the Orioles, yeah, I mean, it's not the best place to pitch in Camden Yards, but against that Orioles lineup, I think I could get behind that. Uh, but Eric Lauer and Jayco DeRizi, a few other names there that you can look at. Co owner of Friends of Fantasy Benefits, he is the overlord of the great fantasy baseball invitational. Listen to him on Sleeper in the Bus podcast. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Justin Mason, FWFB. Justin, thank you so much
1: for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Frank. It's always a pleasure.
0: I also want to thank your wife for allowing you to, to, to come hang out too, because I saw her on Twitter. She's like, I, you know, I, I better get some thanks on the podcast. So
1: I do appreciate. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she was uh, she was very um, uh, happy to loan me out, so she wouldn't have to hang out with me for the for the event.
0: <laughs> all right, man. Let's let's wrap up there for Justin and I, am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watch fantasy baseball today. We will be back again on Wednesday. Bye bye.